Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a series of short discussions on various topics related to the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Your hosts, Kale Tita, Evan Vasilik, and Sajit Mello, discuss a specific topic on each show to give you a high-level overview of that topic and resources to get more information should you wish to dig further. For more information on our show, please see our website at azpodcast.com. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode 11, and the topic today is uh, exciting, actually. It's uh, one of my favorites, which is HD Insight, also known as the big data of Windows Azure. My name is Sajit Mello. I am an MCS consultant uh, with Microsoft, focused on the application development space. And on Skype today, I have my esteemed colleague, Evan Basley. Evan? Hey, Sajit. Yeah, my name is Evan, and I'm a senior support escalation engineer with the uh, uh, Windows team supporting uh, Azure. Great to have you back, Evan. Now, uh, so let's talk about uh, HD Insight. What exactly is it? Essentially, it is Microsoft's 100% Apache Hadoop implementation in the cloud. Okay, Microsoft partnered with a company called Hortonworks, and they took the very popular Hadoop uh, open source distribution and uh, kind of made it compatible with Windows. And then they've taken that distribution and they've made it available in the cloud in a way that's easy to use for many companies that want to leverage uh, the distributed computing framework in Hadoop. So, so essentially, Hadoop is. Let's just talk about some basics of Hadoop, just for the folks that don't know what it is or may not be clear about what, what Hadoop is. And we'll go into when you should use an HD Insight slash Hadoop solution in your uh, at your enterprise. So, uh, Hadoop is essentially a distributed computing framework. It basically uses a lot of cheap hardware, and puts them together to solve very complex problems, CPU-intensive problems. Now, obviously, one of the most common CPU-intensive problems is processing large amounts of data. Okay, So Hadoop is used most often for, for, for solving very large data problems. What this means is that you've got a lot of data, and you want to try and get some answers from that data. The way you do this is something called using uh, an algorithm called MapReduce. What, and real briefly, what MapReduce does, it's a two-step process. The first step, the map step, takes all the records in your data sets, in your files, and you map all the fields in there that are of importance to you into name-value pairs. And then the second step is reduce. It takes those name-value pairs and extracts something interesting out of them. It could be doing calculations on them, could be counting them, could be uh, doing some sort of number crunching. Whatever you're expecting to get out of that data is what you could do in the reduce step. And then finally, you get the output, which you can then take, you know, download and evaluate. In order to do this, the, all the data that's being processed has to be put within the Hadoop system. And that uses something called HDFS which is a Hadoop data file system. It's a distributed file system, and essentially the files are distributed across all the nodes that make up the distributed computing framework. The one thing important uh, when running Hadoop jobs is that 
all the data has to be local to the computer on which it is running. You should not you'd be using network storage and things like that because that does not bode well for the performance of your jobs. So Hadoop takes that into account and it will automatically push all the records that have to be processed by a particular node onto the node itself, and then you can process them. Now the map reduce functionality that I spoke about, that is encapsulated in the form of a job. And there's various languages, computing languages that you can use to, to write these jobs. The most popular being, of course, Java, because Hadoop is essentially a Java-based solution. But since Microsoft's taken that up and put it into both in Windows Server and on Windows Azure, you can also use .NET using the very popular link, uh, the link of query syntax to process uh, the big data that you have in HDFS. And there are other built-in solutions that come with Hadoop. One of them is Pig, which is more of a scripting la uh, language for big data. And then there's Hive, which kind of gives you like a SQL-like syntax into uh, into the big data, into all the data that's in Hadoop. So at a very high level, that's the basics of Hadoop. Now, um, Evan, uh, you know, a lot of people are confused about when they should adopt a Hadoop-style solution for their needs. What, what would you say are some of the key things people should consider before jumping onto a Hadoop solution? Yeah, so that's a good question, Sujit. So, uh, you know, everybody talks about big data, right? But the kind of the question comes down to what is it? Well, there, there's really kind of three things that define big data, right? There's volume, velocity, and variety is the terms that you'll hear. You know, by volume, what we mean is that, you know, we're getting more and more and more data, but at the same time, we got to put these on bigger and bigger capacity disks so you can't make them super, super fast. Um, this ends up really, you know, hurting you when you're trying to manage these large data sets. Right? So the volume's a problem. Uh, velocity is the other piece of this. You know, this it's it's not just that the volume of data is growing, but it's growing at, you know, and I'm going to call it exponential even though I don't know that that's the actual curve. It might even be... You know, something even straight up might be that the, the right description if you think about it. But I mean, you talk about click data or social networking data or, you know, even online gaming, um, you know, health data. You know, you look at what they're doing with modeling, you know, some of the genome and those. I mean, the amount of data generated from that, those scenarios is just huge. Yep. Um, the, so the end result is, right, that this stuff. It's coming from a lot of different sources. You're trying to, to pull these different data sets together. And the end result is it, it's really kind of messy, right? You don't really – it doesn't fit into a nice, pretty relational database, right? You know, we talked about uh, SQL Azure and IaaS SQL Server a couple weeks back, you know, and how they really have a lot of capabilities. But if you can't get your data in the relational database or, you, or, if, or to get it in means you end up with this really inefficient schema – it's not going to perform well. And so the big data scenarios like Hadoop and HD Insight are aimed to deal with those types of data, these large quantities of unstructured data. Got it. Great. And, um, you know, so let's suppose uh, we want to, company wants to decide that they want to use Hadoop to process their, or HD Insight to process some of their big data problems. You know, how might they go about, you know, like provisioning a Hadoop cluster within 
Azure. Well, so you want the hard way or the easy way here? Let's try to start with the easy way, then we can go okay. the hard way. <laughs> so the, the, the easy way, right, is to go just like you do with a lot of Azure stuff, go out into the portal or use PowerShell and you just basically, they're pretty straightforward commands. You can spin up your cluster and you can have it up and running fairly quickly. Um, you know, the, the beauty of this is, right, if you do it through the portal, right, we'll walk you through it with the wizards. We'll ask you the, the key basics, you know, how many nodes you want, things like that. You know, if you do it with PowerShell, one of the, and this is what I think is a, a really super, super cool capability is, you know, because if you think about it, what's the nirvana for cloud stuff? It's that I want to spin up the resources just when I need them, yeah. right? And, and we talk about that all the time, but the reality is a lot of times it's I spin them up and I leave them up, but then if I decide to kill the business or kill the product or kill the you know the application, then I can spin them down. Well, for something like HD Insight, right, you're using a lot of resources, so you really don't want to leave that stuff up all the time. If you think about the PowerShell scenario, I can script my provisioning, script my processing and then script my teardown. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm literally going to do the bare minimum of resource consumption that I can do and still get the answer that I want, which is I mean that's fantastic. That is, yep. Right? Um, you know, the other really cool thing that I like about it. So, you know, we all we all talk about, you know, being able to scale up infinitely in the cloud. You know, and we talked about this with Azure SQL. You don't really scale Scaling out, you have to kind of design your application to know how to scale out with sharding and those kind of things. And, you know, you can do IaaS VMs. You don't really scale out. You kind of build multiple VMs, and that's not a bad thing, but it's not a true scale out. Uh, Web roles and worker roles for PaaS deployments are definitely a scale out scenario, but you have to write. It's You generally can't take your existing applications and just move them out there. You have to kind of rewrite your code. Uh HC Insight, by definition, is scalable, right? If I want four nodes, I just tell the, the provisioning either through the portal or through PowerShell I want four. If I want 400, I tell it I want 400. I don't have to do anything different other than just spinning up more nodes because I have more data that I want to process faster. Yeah. Um, you know, so that it really is one of, in my opinion, one of the true scale-out solutions that we have in, in the cloud today. Um, the other last thing, don't forget, you know, we're talking about all this lots of data. Um, you know, if you've ever tried to copy a bunch of data up to the cloud or down to the cloud, your your rate limiting step is your network connection to the cloud. Um, and trying to copy gigabytes worth of data is is generally not very fast. So if you're going down the route of doing an HD Insight deployment and doing some some playing around with it or doing some real world workloads with it. Don't forget about the new import service that we announced, I don't know, maybe a couple, three weeks ago, where you can, you know, mail us your uh, secured encrypted drives, and then we'll pull that in directly into your blob storage. So you can overnight us some drives and have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of data will show up, you know, within two, a day or two. Yeah. Right in your blob storage. And that's a huge up, uh, turnaround speed-wise compared to having to upload that stuff manually. Exactly. You know, so, um, yeah, so, so you know, we kind of talked about all the provisioning and we talked about what it is conceptually, you know, but, we'll, you know, every time I talk, I hear about HD Insight, Sujit, I mean, they, they talk about jobs. <laughs> what, what, what do jobs do I and mean, what do I need them for? Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, well I'll, I'll give you some details on jobs. But I want to just want to mention a couple more things on the on the provisioning of the cluster. So 
Uh, just some few details there. The, I think the cluster sizes that are available are 4, 8, 16, and 32 node clusters. And um, the way the, uh, the Hadoop uh, clusters work is there's, there's one head node, which is the node that you're talking to. You're sending your commands. To, that's a command node. And then there's one or more, uh, well, um, uh, you know, multiple uh, compute nodes, which, which do the actual data processing. So uh, from a, just, just to give you guys an idea, from a pricing perspective, this is not very expensive. The head node is 32 cents per hour. Okay, it's it's running on an extra large A4 instance, and the compute node is 16 cents an hour. I mean, if you think about it, if you run this for a few a few hours a week, you know, this is not a lot of money that you're paying. Now, yeah, it's just trivial money at that. It's trivial point, money, yeah. I mean, of course, there is you know, the normal uh, storage cost and uh, data transfer costs that are on top of that. But again, if you use some of the the uh, the data import facility that uh, uh, Evan just spoke about. That, that should be uh, fairly trivial as well. So just to give you guys an idea, this you know, if you try to build out uh, a complete uh, Hadoop cluster in your environment, in your enterprise, it, 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 it's not a trivial job. It takes a very long time. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of architecture. And then if you just use it for, a, you know, a few hours a week, you got to ask yourself whether it's worth having all those all that hardware sitting around. Just, just to be used once in a while, and that's that's why uh, Microsoft decided to put HD Insight uh, into the into Azure, just because it's, it offers so much value to our customers. Yeah, it sounds like the old cluster problem, right? If I if I want a really high scale cluster, I end up with a bunch of hardware that doesn't get used. Yep, exactly. Right? You know, so it's a lot of benefit, but it's still a lot of cost with it. So we've really removed a lot of that cost. That's that's cool. So to answer your question on the jobs, so. Yeah, so jobs are the actual map-produced uh, functionality is implemented in the form of jobs. Now, of course, you could write Java or .NET code. Right? Those are the two that are most popular, I would say. And it, it's really, for those of you who have done any programming, this is extremely trivial. There are a, a couple of classes that you have to implement in either .NET or Java for, for actually processing the job, for the map function, and for the reduce function three classes that you have to implement, and each one of them you provide a method that actually does the work. For example, you would have a map function that would take the input each record and would strip it down into individual name value pairs. You take out the name, all the stuff that you're really interested in. You may not be interested in the entire record. You pull out the fields that you want to, and you store them into these name value blobs. And on the reduce side, the same thing. You're presented with those same name value jo uh, pairs that you put out on the map side, and then you can do some further processing on those uh, name value pairs and produce the final output. And, you know, so whether you use Java or .NET, you know, writing this is extremely trivial. It's, uh, it's a few lines of code in either case. And the output is then stored in blob storage. So um, essentially the way the data part of this works is your input data is either uploaded uh, through the import facility or directly into using PowerShell scripts. You can, you can I think uh, there, there's a parallel upload facility available to make it a little faster. Uh, that goes into blob storage. And then once your data is processed, it's again put into another blob storage location, and then you could retrieve it. And the way, um, uh, one, of the, one of the advantages that Microsoft brings to the table here in HD Insight is to provide tools that let you analyze the the output data. As you guys know, 
Microsoft's pretty good at the business intelligence and, and analysis. They have a lot of tools, which is part of their SQL Server lineup and Office lineup, and they leverage those tools uh, to to analyze the output from HD Insight. So, for example, Excel has a, a direct plugin now, and you could just say, you know, I want to look at my data from HD Insight. You provide your account information, and it'll you know it'll it'll enumerate all the blobs out there. And uh, you could directly get the output file, and then it'll analyze it. You know, the normal Excel goodness is made available to you. I think they're called Power Query and Power View in Excel. So these are, you know, very, uh, uh, you know, very familiar tools that you can use eventually to analyze this data. So you don't have to worry about the nuances of Azure setting it up. You just, uh, as uh, Evan mentioned, you go up, to, you walk up to the portal. You you, you can you can set up a cluster. You write a couple of scripts to upload the data. You write some, some simple code to actually do the map reduce job, and then you get the output, and then you use Excel to analyze it. It's a complete turnkey solution, uh, and that's what uh, you know Microsoft wanted to do is to provide a solution that, that which is all encompassing. Now, one final note. Um, you know, I noticed you made a note over here, uh, Evan, about Node.js. Uh, you want to say something about that? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we definitely are doing different uh, these days, and, and especially in the cloud scenario, is, we, you know, we want everybody to, to participate, right? So that we're, we're you know, obviously Windows is key to us, Windows is important, but, you know, we, we've enabled people to, to spin up these jobs not just with PowerShell, which is very Windows-centric, but also with Node.js, right? So this means that if you've got a Mac or, or you're a Linux user, you can do this as well. Right, so you can leverage our cloud infrastructure no matter what your client OS is at that point. Which, you know, as a as a developer historically from my for from my history, that's great to see, right? Because it's kind of bring your own, but still leverage the power that we bring that we give you at that point. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to call out, and I'll I'll you know we'll share the link for this. But speaking of PowerView, um, for those folks that maybe haven't seen PowerView, um, if you've Ever, if you want to see a, a program manager who truly gets excited about his product, um, the watching Ariel Nets demonstrate PowerView is an exciting affair. The man truly gets excited. Um, you know, but it, it, you know, it's it's a fantastic presentation. We'll include the link as well. That's great. Thank you, Evan. I'd love to see that. Well, uh, fortunately, we're at the end of our show here, and uh, I know the show is going to be released around the Christmas time frame, so I want to wish all our listeners happy holidays. Hope you guys uh, are having some time off and relaxing and listening to our, pod- our podcast uh, while you're at it. So, um, Evan, thanks uh, again for, for joining us today. Anytime. And uh, happy holidays to you and the family as well. We'll see you guys uh next week. Thank you. Bye, folks. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any comments or questions, please use our Twitter handle at Azure Podcasts. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. Thank you, and see you next time.